I'm Shannon. And I'm Rami, and this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read to help all of us expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. Now, Shannon, we've done a lot of conventional strategies for reinventing (laughs) our career. But Shannon, are we going to talk about some unconventional strategies this week? Yeah, we're going to talk about some allegedly (laughs) unconventional strategies for reinventing your career. For sure. So I think this is a good book to talk about on the heels of uh, an episode we did recently from Parker J. Palmer's book, Let Your Life Speak. Armenia Ibarra, I think I hope I'm saying her name right, has some allegedly very unconventional strategies for reinventing your career. So in essence, this is a book all about uh, how people want to turn career changing fantasies into reality. And she kind of operates with the premise of like, you know, we've all had these fantasies about imaginary lives or reinventing ourselves or that job that would make us feel like we won the career workplace lottery. Um, And we can have those feelings of being unfulfilled or burned out or unhappy but we oftentimes hold on or have a pair of golden handcuffs. Rami, when I say the word golden handcuffs, do you know what that means? No. Really? Okay. Because this will come up with clients sometimes. And I'm like, oh, like, I think everybody knows that. Golden handcuffs essentially mean like, oh, I'm making so much money. I have like such a cush job. Like I feel handcuffed by the gold that they're offering me. Oh. And so. So it's like I have, I don't know, whatever it is, the money, the pay, the the amenities yep. are so nice that why would I want to give those up? Yes. Why would I want to give up my golden handcuffs yes. for these like paper handcuffs? Exactly. Exactly. So like literally like you're, you're handcuffed to the job, but they're gold plated, man. Cause like <laughs> feels good. Um, so this book really offers us a model for career and reinvention that she says is a little different from others that you've seen. I think it's different from the Parker, Parker J. Palmer's of the world of let your life speak. Uh, but it's not that different to me. But I don't know. I think we should talk about both sides of the coin. So hers is a little bit more of an mm-hmm. action-oriented philosophy. So Abara essentially argues that knowing what we want to do comes as a result of doing and experimenting. So we can't just, like, reflect our way into a new job. We actually have to, like, do an experiment and, and try things on to feel out what we might want to do next. So she basically says career transition isn't a straight path towards some predetermined identity that you just need to go reflect and find in your quest of inner work. It's more like a crooked journey where you're trying on a bunch of stuff to see what what happens there. And I think how this relates to empathy is how can we find empathy for that part of ourselves that wants to be in a different place or space, you know, that has these fantasies? And also find empathy for the part of ourselves that wants to act on those fantasies and not just contemplate it alone. Yeah, this makes sense. So it's really about rather than just fantasizing about it, it's like going and trying those things. Yes. And seeing if that actually is how you want to spend your day in and day out. Exactly. Exactly. So getting into the meat of it a little bit, she breaks down what she calls like the active process of career invention into three parts. So part one is experimenting with new professional activities. Part two is interacting in new networks of people. And part three is making sense of what is happening to us in light of the emerging possibilities that were discovered. So in essence, part three is... You guessed it, reflection. So she doesn't like totally get unconventional, in my opinion. 
Okay, so let's break these down a little bit. So part one, and these don't necessarily happen like in this sequential order, but it's more just like the elements that make up the whole. So part one, making a list. The first thing that she encourages us to do in as we experiment with new professional activities is to make a list of possible what she calls possible selves. So if anybody's ever done the artist's way and the artist's way book, they talk about writing out like little paragraphs on your imaginary lives, you know, so like, what are those deep fantasies you have of what just like that lottery jackpot career would be. And I'm curious for us to maybe take a pause here, Rami, and just like share some of our own possible selves that we've considered, or maybe that we're considering now. What what comes to mind uh, for you? I, 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 I love food, but I've always been told that I don't really like food what does that mean i really i'm very passionate about food uh i just don't eat a lot of it and so they're like well you really like the idea of food and you like the taste of things but you don't eat like a ton of food it's not like you love just like eating it's i really like like a taste of something this is fascinating because you're so Rami's handle on Instagram is literally sad man with food. And uh, from watching your Instagram stories, like obviously we've been friends for some time, but I would have guessed that like you both love and like food. <laughs> yeah, it's all. Food. I think I do. But this is what I've been told. But um, I think something within food. But I don't know what that is. And I think you just try things out and see what sticks. And yeah. I really like food. I think, or I love it, but I have a passion around it. So I think something around that would be fun. Yeah. I don't know. That's great. I can remember when I made a list, uh, when I left Target and I I literally made a list like a page and a half long of all the possible selves. I hadn't read this book yet, but just like fantasizing. And it was everything from like, open a restaurant to start an animal rescue farm to I love it. be a coach. So that's the idea in this in this first point that she has is like, how do we just make that list of possible selves? She says this with like the theory of that we need to stop trying to find our one true self and focus our attention on which of your many possible selves you might want to try on next. So I kind of mm. think about it like a, a a closet full of different coats and like you just get to try it on and be like oh well is this the coat that i want to wear for this season of life how does this fit does this feel good for me and sometimes it can be unsettling to see all of those options on paper because it can feel like like we don't have one key story or like true north star or we might worry that we're going to make a bad choice between them but like she really encourages us to just like not let that get you down give yourself permission to imagine and then like flow straight into executing experiments about them. So that's really the second phase. Like once we've identified the possible selves, then let's focus on identifying some experiments. On this note, Rami, can you think of maybe a time where you've experimented your way into a new professional identity or where you're hoping to experiment your way into a new professional identity? (laughs) I think we're doing it. So podcasting with Shannon yeah I would say that for me too like this was a great god how long have we been doing this now like a long time two and a half years I don't know something like that I don't know a while and I could remember like when we first very first started 
and, and even still, we'll have like these grandiose ideas of what could this become? But more than anything, like it's just a really fun flipping experiment to get to do every week to continue to, to test and iterate and see what parts of our possible selves is wants to morph into a little bit. And the author says in this phase of the journey too, like this is not a time to make any big commitments. So notice like Rami and I weren't like throwing thousands of dollars into like podcast platforming and whatnot. That's not a time for that. These are meant to be side projects or extracurricular activities to try things on and then see how they want to morph and evolve from there. Sorry. Uh, I have been sinking thousands of dollars into <laughs> podcasting platforms. Well, Are you not um, also doing that? I'm feeling to, a little rejected now. Then you need to send me an invoice. <laughs> because that's news to me. I think I paid like, I think I pay like 30 bucks a year for our website or something that I still haven't designed. <laughs> uh, Instagram is sufficient enough now for us. <laughs> Okay, so uh, then uh, the the last thing she says about this this first part of the journey is to make sure that in these experimental phases that you're creating small wins to keep the momentum going. So sometimes we have that temptation to just like make one big sweeping change and fix everything in one huge decision. But she really encourages us to just like accept the crooked path instead. Like how can we just take one small win at a time to keep the momentum going? Because major career transitions can take, she has research that says like up to two or three years. So wow. being sure that you have like a, a timey over plan, both like financially, energetically, whatever it might be to make it through to the more major transition that you're ultimately seeking. Okay, so then into part two of the work in career transition by her standards, is about interacting in new networks of people. So connecting yourself with role models and mentors who can ease the transition. And personally, as a transition coach, I think this can be one of the most painful and often like untalked about things about navigating career transition, because friends and coworkers change. And that can be really freaking hard to both leave people behind and also find like those beacons of hope for who who you might now aspire to be like someday. Yeah. I think of this one as like the person who like wore a suit every day and is now like not wearing a suit or like vice versa. Yes. And like how even just the clothing change is really painful and difficult to get like comfortable. Totally. Cause you finally get comfortable in that like first layer of clothing. And now it's like, well, no, I need to shed that. I'm going to wear this other thing. Cause that's what is expected of me in this in this new environment. Yeah. Uh, but even that part is really hard. And then you layer on top of it, interacting with people in a completely different way than you probably have previously Yeah, is like so hard. It's, it's the hardest, I think, um, or, or certainly up there is one of the hardest things in transition. It's funny that you bring up clothing. Cause I remember an Instagram story I did a couple months ago um, where I, I literally got out a pair of shoes and I was like, these black pointy toe high heels were the shoes that I used to wear in corporate every day. And just like you said, like I had just finally gotten comfortable navigating and networking the, the sphere of that group of people. But then I found out I really prefer these like cute leopard wedge Steve Madden sneakers. Like they're really much more my pace and speed. 
mm-hmm. but I didn't know where the people who wore leopard print sneakers were. <laughs> so I had to go and find them. This is a metaphor, of course, but that can be really challenging. And she really encouraged us to, to think about that part of your career transition and really find people who are what you want to become and who can provide support in the transition along the way and to not expect to find them in the same old circles that you've been running in. It's nearly impossible to find these people in the same circles when you're wanting to totally transition into a different career entirely. Oftentimes it's strangers that are these people for us. So I'm curious for us to reflect a little bit here too. Rami, can you think about a time when your network really had to shapeshift in that way? Or in some way. Yeah, I, I I think about a year or two ago, I volunteered like weekly at this like movie store. Yes. Which I think I was like the only volunteer. Everybody else was like a paid employee. But I just wanted to show up when I wanted to show up, which was like one night a week and like put movies away on shelves. Yeah. And I just like being around movies because I love movies. But it was really different. Like the, the way the, the employees that I like interacted with were very different than like being at my job. The way they interacted with customers was different. Like I didn't, I wasn't used to interacting with customers. Oh, right? like a lot sure. of us like, like work. We don't front face customers. And if we do interact with them via email, it's never like in person face to face, right? Like there's a very um, distanced approach when you work at a, a, a company interacting with your customers. So seeing people like in front of you and needing to help them immediately was like so different. Yeah. That reminds me of a time when I was trying on possible selves. I don't even know if you know this when I was still at target and like floundering and trying to figure out like what, what would be the next thing if I did stay, I wondered if I wanted to go work in like the distribution centers or the stores. Really? Yeah. Like it's kind of, insane to think about but what appealed to me about that is more like how much leadership is required because you're managing like such a large staff and so Mm -hmm. i went and did like a day shadow of like a a store executive and Mm -hmm. like i was stocking shelves and doing the things and like interacting with the people to get a flavor of like what would it be like if this was my new life and i did the same thing at the dcs and it was interesting but I will also never forget the moment where I started. I, I tell a story of when, when I went to my first foster care training and meeting the mm-hmm. other parents in the room and being like, oh, wow. Like it felt like a coming home in a sense. And I had that same experience in breaking into a new network when I went to my first coach certification training. And I stepped in the room. I was like, oh, my God, these are my people. I never knew that there was a group or a community of people like this who had the same interests and passions that I did. So, yeah, none of the people that I knew or had been who had been my mentors up until that point were the people that helped me step into those circles. It was me finding strangers, frankly, and and becoming friends with strangers to support me and in stepping into those new circles. And it, it'll probably be the same for you if you're thinking about making a major change. Well, what I really like about your stories is you put on that jacket, right? You said, I want to be, I want to take the first step and go and get this training. And then you show up and you're like, yep, these are my people. Mm-hmm. Like you found them because you're all trying to find the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing to keep in mind here is when you do find the thing in the people, 
they'll be strangers, but they'll be the strangers that like give you that warmth that like yes. you feel at home with. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. And it's not, and, and also not being too connected or tied to the possible networks that you try on for size that don't feel like that. So mm-hmm. I still like, it's funny because my husband actually golfs with one of the guys that I shadowed as at, at a target store, which is just crazy to me. So it's like such a small world in some ways. And I have like no ill will or anything against those people. It's just like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't my thing. And that's beautiful if it's their thing, but it wasn't my thing. So having compassion for yourself in that way. All right. So part three of Armenia's three-part strategy for unconventionally reinventing your career is to make sense of what is happening to us, like along the way, as you're trying on these possible selves, as you're networking with new folks of people. So in essence, like, what is she saying? Make time for reflection. So this is where I think like she and Parker are on the same page. If we go back to the episode of Let Your Life Speak, that we've got to make some time for reflection because without it, without taking time to step back and reflect, we can feel like we're just throwing paint against the wall and not really sure making sense of what is the common threads or themes that I'm finding in these different experiments Mm -hmm. that I'm that I'm trying of what I like and what I don't like. So something to keep in mind that I think we've already spent a lot of time on here. And then she says like that, that reflection process can really help us arrange these new events that are happening to us into a coherent story of who we are becoming. I like that. Yeah. So now driving it down to a tactical level, right? Like if you are in a place where you're like, okay, Shan, okay, Rami, I think I want to reinvent my career. Where the heck do I start? I have no freaking clue. Here are our like hot tips for it. Tip one. First, wait, set aside an hour. No. <laughs> Don't no. set aside an hour? No, I think this can be done in like literally 15 minutes or less. So 15 minutes or less, do a brain dump of what your possible selves might be. So just take 15 minutes and list out the imaginary lives that you might try on for size. I want to try on working in a Target store. I want to try on working in a distribution center. I want to try on what were some other crazy things that I thought I wanted to do? Oh, my God, Rami. At one point, I thought I wanted to go into like tech. I was like, yeah, I need to be a woman in technology. And I networked with folks in that area. That was so my ego talking. Goodness gracious. Um, (laughs) So making a list of like, what are those things that you kind of fantasize about or that you're seeing other people around you doing? And you're like, huh, that might be cool. So just just taking that. Then step two, once you've done that list, I want you to make a, a like two columns, basically. And right next to it, brainstorm a teeny tiny experiment you could try to try on this coat of this possible self that you're considering. So for example, I was talking with a client who wants to run for office. She's thinking about making a transition to move into politics. Teeny tiny experiment she might try is attending a city council meeting and imagining oh, herself like... Yep sitting in the city council chair and like actually having to do that thing, right? So low stakes, like takes a couple hours of her time, like not a big deal, not her like getting a social media feed and a campaign manager and deciding to run. So how can you think of those teeny tiny things? Another um, example might be, uh, I have folks who reach out to me oftentimes and they're like, I want to do what you do. I want to be a coach. Okay, great. Here's the list of books that I had to read for coach certification. Pick one and read it. And see if you Mm -hmm. still want to be a coach. You know, like, how can you do those things that are very, very low stakes? So those are some examples that you might think of. 
And then I want you to take a step back and notice of those possible experiments that you brainstormed for possible selves, which one do you have the most energy around? Trust that and do that thing first. So maybe you have, maybe you're thinking about politics and being a coach. Which one do you have more energy around? Would you rather attend the city council meeting or would you rather go read a book? Notice that and trust your energy leanings in that way. The other thing that I'll encourage folks to do here, because we can get so, uh, I shouldn't say we, I coach a lot of folks who are Enneagram 1s, 3s, or 8s, very addicted to achievement, that we can define success as like, well, success is if I do the thing or not. Success is if I get a client or not. Success is if I get elected or not. No, 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 no. In this phase of our career reinvention journey, success needs to be, am I learning? (laughs) And what am I learning? Right? Am I learning about what I like and what I don't Mm -hmm. like? Am I learning if I can make money at this or not? Things like that. Don't make money at all about success. And if you sell so much on Etsy or whatever, this is your first baby experiment. Please do not squash the dream (laughs) at this point. There's time for that later. But how do I know if I can make it into a career, Shannon? I don't know that you will right off the top. I think it's taking incremental experiments step after step to begin to determine not if you can, but if you want to. There we go. There it is. Do you want to make it into a career? Are there parts about the transition to coaching that were really freaking hard? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I had to have the desire. I had to have wanted. I don't really care so much about the can at this point. Um, And then, of course, the last part of this little process that I'm outlining is to make sure that you're committing to maybe 15 minutes of reflection after you run the experiment to actually check in with whatever you said success would be for that experiment. Did you learn something? Yeah, I learned something. Okay, what did you learn? I learned that I liked that or I learned sitting through a city council meeting was horrendous and I never want to do that again. (laughs) Excellent. How wonderful that you didn't waste more time, money or attention on that possible self. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So that's what we've got for you today. With that, we'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram at Workplace Hugs. And I think for this one, I'm really curious for listeners to share possible selves. That's probably what we're going to do in stories. What are the possible selves that you've thought about Trigon? I just think that would be, I would just love to be a fly on the wall and see the different lists that people come up with there. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami. And this has been Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs.